I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Dealing with pests can be a pain. But relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. I've mentioned my dogs before. July 1st was Ted's gotcha day, five years since he came into me as a foster, and then I failed profoundly, and he's not a foster anymore. He's my little boy. A week later is Stevie's birthday. It was the big 1-1 this year. Rose doesn't have anything to do with July. She'll be almost 10, I guess, in a couple of days. And then a week after Stevie's birthday, Minet turned 16. I've told you about Minet. He's the rescue who had outlived his human, and they thought he had dementia. And it turned out we had to take out all of his teeth because they were rotten. And goodness, he really didn't have dementia. He just had bad teeth. Once we took them out, 90% of his fogging is cleared up. And he's gained three pounds, and he takes the hard treats, and he puts them in the water bowl and comes back for them later and then pulls them out and sucks on them like cough drops. And I don't know if I know any people smart enough to do that. And he is the best walker in the world, and he leaps over the white stripes on the crosswalks. And I thought he was confused, and then he did it like 16 times in one half-hour walk, and I realized he's doing it out of the sheer joy of still being able to do it at the age of 16. And he's now talking to me, and he understands much of what I try to say to him even though he really only understands French it's a long story and it all starts with Stevie 11 years ago because on September 30th 2012 11 years ago not one word of what I just said would have made any sense to me I had never had a dog I'd had allergies I'd had travel I'd had work and then Olivia looked at me and she said, I need a puppy fix. On September 30th, 2012, my girlfriend's family dog was dying. My girlfriend, uh, later my ex-girlfriend, would not say that the little dog was dying. Her folks would not say it. A dog, a Jack Russell Terrier, who was named Casey, did her best to be the only truthful one in the whole family. 
She was moving purposefully and unsteadily with every step, and she was looking out at her world with a seeming mixture of acceptance and sadness and regret that the one time she really needed the bipeds to speak and act for her, they would not. I just need for dogs not to mean sadness, Olivia said, just for a while. Can we go to that pet shop on Lex? I mumbled that we could go, but that I had resisted the dog entreaties of 11 girlfriends before her, and I would successfully resist hers. I had always loved dogs, but I was really allergic to them, and my doctors had all said that even hypoallergenic dogs were a crapshoot. She said, I do not want a dog. I am not trying to convince you to get us a dog. I just want to hold a puppy for a little while. She paused, as she always did when she felt both hopeless and angry at being at the mercy of feelings, and she lapsed into the shrug emoji, as sappy as that sounds. Olivia, the girlfriend, the former girlfriend, let me make this easier on both of us. We'll call her TFGF, the former girlfriend. TFGF and I left for the pet shop in mid-afternoon, and I told her my true fear here, that my native but dormant shared affinity with dogs would, all of a moment, spring fully grown from my soul, and I would blurt, just give me all of them. I mean, what kind of life could I offer a dog? I was on television and thus always in a television studio, and thus never home for play or walks or just the prevention of canine loneliness. I had a girlfriend who lived out of town half the time. I was clueless as to every practical aspect of the dog thing. I had littered the continent with dead house plants, and I no longer thought myself capable of pulling my ego out of my backside sufficiently to take care of fish. I had literally not had a pet of any kind since 1967. I had come to terms with living in a wistful, hazy world in which I might inadvertently have a dog pal for a few moments, but almost never indoors and never without the pang of knowing that the hello itself contained the start of the goodbye. And I was allergic. I was allergic to the obvious, big, furry, friendly dogs, and I might be allergic to the ones that were billed as non-allergic. And if I disobeyed this immutable canon, the buried tears of permanent exclusion might be replaced by far worse ones of separation and loss. Me? I would get over it, probably, but without overvaluing myself too much, to betray the love of a dog? To send a dog back? because of allergies? As TFGF and I approached the shop, there was, as there almost always is there, a small crowd undulating around it. Lexington Avenue's narrow sidewalks make these human clots easier to form, even late on the first Sunday of autumn. There is also an obstacle course of grates and cellar doors and bikes chained to poles and parking meters and canopies for diners and restaurants and mattress showrooms and other places that are not quite seedy, but also aren't quite your first choice. The uptown edges of the grime and noise that constitute the maze of 59th Street Bridge approaches lend the place a congested feel even when it's otherwise quiet. We are three blocks up from the trying just a little too hard merchandising of Bloomingdale's. There are unwashed delivery trucks double parked 365 days a year and then totally out of place amid the prosaic trappings of a big city at its most meh. There they are. 
bouncing off each other, tearing impotently at other tiny heads and tails and paws, doing a seeming pantomime of dismemberment. Their yips and the crunch of the shredded cavorting paper are just audible through the glass and over the din of the street. They create an oasis of cute and just in case you can't tell what they are, there's this big neon sign above their street front window that reads, Puppies! Don't make me go in, I pleaded. She reassured me. We'd go in. She'd hold the dog. All I had to do was take a picture. You don't understand. I reached for her hand. What I'm trying to say is I always wanted a dog, but I could never have a dog. Just as the door to the shop opened, she grabbed my arm. She yanked hard. She swore and she muttered, you'll survive. Man up. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. We were going towards puppies and past puppies. And the appearance of a small staircase to a training loft confirmed we were now going under puppies. And in the deepest recesses of the shop, there was a wall of puppies. To our right, three cages high, six across, all a yellowish beige behind a reddish-brown formica countertop, then a structural beam, and then three cages high, two across, then a corner with a small visiting pen built into the countertop, then right in front of me, the Hollywood squares of puppies. Three high, three across, and all of their inmates, all nine of them staring at me and screaming at me and making eye contact and saying via ESP, take me home. A salesman now introduced himself as Jeffrey, and Jeffrey asked if TFGF had any particular dog she wanted him to bring to her. Let me see the Maltese, the girl. In that moment, two things struck me. Firstly, this was my cue to get the phone out and prepare to take the photo of her with the puppy. Secondly, the dog whom the salesman was now temporarily liberating from the surprisingly spare cage was the only living soul inside that pet shop besides me who was not making any damn noise. Every other puppy was perfecting its adolescent bark. The cats were making a bewildering variety of noises. And, and was that a Norwegian blue parrot squawk? Remarkable bird, the Norwegian blue, isn't it? Beautiful plumage. This Maltese said nothing. She looked like her torso would easily fit in one of my hands if she was three pounds, a quarter of it was hair, and half of that was curled, and presumably somebody came by every day to turn what sat atop her head into a mohawk up top and a mullet in the back. Her cage mate brother seemed a little bigger, but his eyes were clearly smaller, and their ocular contrast was immediately visible, even if you still had forlorn hopes of avoiding eye contact. His shown. Hers were illuminated. He tried to get past her into the salesman's arms. She simply lifted up her head towards him, and it actually crossed my mind that she looked like she was about to say, hi, Jeffrey, how are you today? He put her gently down in the playpen at the right corner of the counter. TFGF asked if she could pick the puppy up and nodded to me to get the camera ready. Honestly, Jeffrey said, this is the sweetest dog we've had in here for months. I say that every day to almost everybody, but this time I'm actually not lying. TFGF cradled the Maltese in her arms with the dog's head facing to my right. I tapped the camera on the phone. My hand was already shaking. As I centered up TFGF and the puppy in the frame, the Maltese suddenly wiggled upright, placed her front paws on my girlfriend's chest, and just as I snapped the image, the dog reached up and kissed my girlfriend on the lips. I am, on occasion, 
completely incapable of remembering anything that happened in my entire life before that moment. TFGF made the appropriate sounds of approval. Jeffrey began discussing how little grooming the Maltese breed needs and the great price he could give us. And even as my head spun, it seemed silly to me that he was calculating the tax on something that was obviously timelessly and eternally priceless. TFGF said something about how we needed a minute outside to discuss it, and she handed the puppy back to Jeffrey, and the dog looked at each of of us as if she was about to say, nice to meet you. As the pup went back up into the cage with her brother, something extraordinary happened. The little girl was reaching her head up towards the spout of the cage's water bottle with the same graceful movement she had made to bestow that kiss on TFGF when her brother puppy abruptly body slammed her out of the way and her tiny frame bounced off the side of the cage. And then to my shock and confusion, a deep and threatening growl, a vengeful reverberated throughout the pet shop. The growl was coming from me. The next sounds were from TFGF. My God, what's wrong with you? I didn't know it at the time, but as we turned to fight our way back out through the shop to the street, I evidently half skidded into a display full of chew toys. They nearly toppled to the floor. I nearly toppled to the floor. I couldn't see, but I didn't recognize my own tears until they hit the edges of my lips. Somehow I managed to say it again, this time in despair. I always wanted a dog, but I could never have one. She suddenly realized what had happened. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm an asshole. TFGF was now holding me upright and steering me towards the door to the street. I didn't listen to you, I'm an asshole, I'm an asshole. You told me I didn't believe you, I'm so sorry. Well, now the stories came pouring out, all jumbled, one on top of the other. Tiny, the St. Bernard at the Katzensteins, he only wanted to embrace me, he wasn't trying to eat me. And the McConnell's mutt next door boots used to come sit on my lap. And Tiny didn't make me sneeze. He only scared me. And the McConnell's had three boys and a mother who baked cookies by the carload lot. And boots never left their side. And I was always at their house. And if I was allergic, how was it that I never once had a problem with boots? How in the hell did that work, huh? And what about Vladimir, the stray cat my sister found? He used to live in the garage and behaved like a dog and liked to be carried around like a baby. And how allergic was I? That beautiful, beautiful little Maltese reached up and kissed you on the mouth. And the one time I took my dad's movie camera to the McConnell's house. Half of the film was of boots. And what if I went back and got the allergy shots again? And it was my mother who said she was really allergic, so I must be too. And what's the use? The little Maltese was perfect. And the next person who sees her will snap her up in an instant. And I asked them just to let me try a little dog who wouldn't shed. The only thing my mother would let me have were lizards. And I could take a Zyrtec every day. I'm so sorry, Tiny. I didn't realize. I never said goodbye to Boots. Maltese is gone. She's gone. She's gone. And she's my dog. I know it. I could feel it. She's my dog and she's gone. What happened next, Beggar's Fiction, it involves Rudy Giuliani. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com to book online today. Back to the number one story on the countdown and the day I fell in love with a dog for the first time and my girlfriend, the former girlfriend, TFGF, and I left the puppy in the pet shop. TFGF and I were walking, me, mid-meltdown, somehow now nearing the Park Avenue Armory, one block west and four blocks north of the pet shop that I thought we were still in. To her credit, TFGF had kept me from throwing myself into traffic or dissolving into a puddle on 62nd Street. The overwhelming sensation I had was not one of having left the tiny puppy in the shop, but of having left a part of myself there. That was my dog. And what was worse was she was obviously going to be taken by somebody else even before I got back there. Even if we turned around right away, who could resist her? I certainly hadn't. My chaotic stream of consciousness monologue paused only when I had no choice but to shut up and gasp for breath. And the comments with which TFGF tried to soothe me in these moments were self-abnegating and solemn. She had talked me off the limb of my certainty that the dog had already been sold and was now steering me back towards sanity. I had to, she would say later. You were having a breakdown. She said we should go home, and if I wanted to talk seriously about the practicalities of owning a dog, we could do that and still get the puppy the next morning, even if it meant delaying her departure for D.C. Don't worry, I'm sure she's still there. They were getting ready to close. She'll be there in the morning. I exhaled. And then I re-panicked. She's, she's, I sniffed anew and the tears resumed. She's in that cage with that brother of hers? In the basement somewhere? Before TFGF could answer, and I swear this is true, Rudy Giuliani spilled down the stairs from the armory we were passing. A cop suddenly appeared from a different nowhere and put out an arm and firmly asked us to stop walking, and Giuliani scuttled, rodent-like, into a waiting car. A wife was with him. I did not and do not know which number. 
The driver was already closing the door behind them when I shouted it. How come my dog has to spend the night in a cage while that asshat is allowed to roam around this city without a leash on him? Later that evening, TFGF said that was the first moment she thought we might just get home safe and sound after all. It was not ten more minutes back to my apartment, and we walked it in silence now. I had long since saturated my handkerchief and some tissues TFGF had in her pockets. I was breathing deeply and restoratively now, the sniffle frequency reduced to once or twice per block. And my mind was crowded with the dogs I had known. Boots, Tiny, Vladimir the Cat, even TFGF's little Casey dying out in Jersey and unaware of the seismic events which she had set in motion. I was thinking of other dogs, too. All of the dogs in all of the stories of James Thurber that I read on TV every Friday night. I had smiled along with his poetic descriptions of them, but never confessed I loved them as he must have. There was Samantha, whom my late friend Bruce Hagen used to bring everywhere, including our college radio station newsroom, the first really big dog who did not frighten me. My great-aunt's Yorkie, whose gas was so potent that the Christmas just before I turned nine, my great-uncle said he was convinced she had been a German terror weapon at Chateau Thierry in the First World War, and he and I had bonded because I knew what Chateau Thierry was. There was Nellie McNally, the only dog that any of my sometimes out-of-town girlfriends ever had actually put on the phone with me. In my mind, they all stood before me, all lined up, all quiet, smiling, all with the kindest type of, I told you so, dummy, on their wonderful faces. And dozens more behind them, vague shapes and sizes, who belonged to neighbors or co-workers past, or who were just chance encounters on the streets of any of a dozen cities decades before. No, I'm sorry, she said. I shouldn't have been that selfish. But now I disagreed with her, and as I unlocked the apartment door, I began to tell her of the dogs I had just been communing with in my mind, and what had suddenly become necessary, urgent, inevitable, and perfect, but about which I needed as much detail as I could in as short a period as possible. TFGF tried. Well, you just take the dog wherever you can. My parents have been saying this a lot lately. Now they regret not doing more things with Casey. Not adventures, not kayaking, just taking her with them or going out in the yard or just holding her while they watch TV. You just let the dog in. We went through topic after topic, cleaning, training, handling poop, walks, food, puppy sitters, moving books off ground level shelves, discipline, and most importantly of all, a backup plan in case this epiphany was false and or I was still allergic or terrified or incompetent or all three. I don't think it'll take much to convince my parents to take her. I mean, even after Casey uh, recovers and I can take her with me to D.C. tomorrow, I'll bring her back next weekend so you can get the apartment ready and you can get you ready and you don't have to go in at the deep end right away. I interrupted her with a kiss. Let's go back there before they close. I don't want to wait till morning. I'm still terrified somebody else will realize how extraordinary she is. Unexpectedly, I had a moment of doubt at this point. This isn't just me having a breakdown, right? I mean, she is extraordinary. I'm having a breakdown, and she is extraordinary, isn't she? TFGF stopped being nice, and now for the first time looked at me like I'd just gone crazy, even though I just had gone crazy. Obviously, she said, that was a real kiss. 
the pet shop had stayed open, partly because TFGF phoned them as we hit the street outside the apartment building, and partly because they knew. You were coming back, Jeffrey said. You just see it sometimes. Also, you seemed kind of emotional. TFGF helpfully mentioned that I'd had a breakdown. They had all the paraphernalia ready, a little aqua bed, a series of attached gates that could be used as a pen or a barrier, a small pink blanket, a bag of training pads and the plastic pad holder, enough dry food to last 12 to 14 months, some horrific wet food that looked like a discarded early design for liverwurst, a few chew toys, a bright pink harness and a leash as light as a ribbon, a black carrying bag and paperwork with the puppy's family tree, which to my astonishment stretched back beyond her birth one week shy of three months before through the six preceding generations all the way back to six entire years earlier. In addition to all this, they could have included a moped, a stock portfolio to guarantee her college education, and a Maltese-sized typewriter with a 20-year supply of replacement ribbons, and I would have also bought them. A very nice lady named Ellie tried to train me to be a dog owner in about 94 seconds and handed me a voucher for a vet and a checklist of stuff to do. I signed a credit card bill. I think I used my own name. I absolved myself of the guilt of not getting a shelter dog because I was allergic and kind of had to go the shop route. Plus, I was not looking for a dog. I had actually fallen in love at first sight with this dog. And lastly, because no matter how the obvious and often tragic flaws in this system, there was no arguing with the fact that those dogs who came from a pet shop had as much of a right to a happy life as any other dog. At that moment, they produced her from the back room behind the block of cages where we had first seen her. Her curls had been fluffed up and her hair freshly brushed. It would be lovely to say she made eye contact from across the shop floor or was aware of our presence or yipped happily at the sight of me, and it would be completely untrue. The little Maltese calmly scanned the room, only occasionally glancing up at the manager who carried her and not once at us until she was, without ceremony or comment, handed to me. Whereupon, she immediately twisted out of my trembling hands, stuck her front paws on my chest, and reached up to give me a kiss on the lips, and then another, and a third, and my sunglasses hid the tears that welled up again. I managed to ask if they all did that. No, came the answer from that salesman, Jeffrey. Honestly, like I told you, sweetest pup we've had here in months. Loves people. Loves people. I'm sad to see her go. I marveled at how light she was, and yet how articulated and strong her body was. Her eyes were far more beautiful than I had realized, oversized even for a puppy, almost no white visible, the reflection off the deep brown irises almost iridescent. And more astonishingly, this little soul, who was about 1 212th my age and about 1 87th my weight, and who had a great, 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 great grandmother born in 2006, when my great, 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 great grandmother was born in like 1800, she was meeting and holding my gaze with her own. Whatever I was seeing in her eyes, whatever of the inner being I was actually processing, she seemed to be doing her equivalent vetting. I gave her a little kiss and was by now not surprised when she kissed me again. The little tongue poked out a fraction of an inch, just enough so any one of us dumb, unsettle bipeds could tell she meant it. And then she relaxed from her upright pose and settled back into my arms, her head in the crook of my right elbow, 
in an attitude I would soon discover she would repeat every time I ever picked her up. A couple hours later, the name came to me. Her haircut. It was Stevie Nicks's haircut. I named her Stevie. I've done all the damage I can do here. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Let's just let's stop the music just for a second. Stevie, you want a treat? You been a good girl lately? I mean, we didn't mention your birthday on the air. I'm very sorry about that. Do you want a treat? We'll say something. Stevie, you want a treat? Come on. <laughs> say that again. Okay. Do you want to tell them about physical therapy? Stevie couldn't walk three months ago. She had had a problem with both of her back knees. She tore an ACL and she had an immune disease. And these things combined and made it impossible for her to walk. And she has been going to physical therapy at the Animal Medical Center ever since. She's learned how to swim. She gets massages and she gets laser treatments every week. And she has a great time. And this is the hospital that she has always treated as if it were a spa. She has a very high threshold for pain. So through cancer treatments and surgery and half a dozen other things that have gone wrong, she's always kept a smile on her face because they've treated her so well there. And she's had such a good time. She's always acted like it was a spa. Well, here it is. After 10 years of going there. They give her spa treatments. They put her in the water. They blow dry her hair. They often trim her nails to make sure that they get the whole imprint of her feet right to make sure her gait is okay as she's regained the ability to walk. She goes for a swim. She goes in an underwater treadmill to work out. As I said, they use lasers on her knees. And then they end the whole thing with doing her hair and, and giving her a massage. It's a spa. She was right. My girl Stevie, 11 years old, and the anniversary coming up, too. All right, you were good enough to sit through this. You want that treat now? Say it again one more time. You want this treat? Say it. You don't have to sit. You don't have to be quiet. She's sitting. The one time she's sitting and being quiet. Say something. Do you want this treat? Yes or no? Yes? 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 Well, you're twirling, but say yes. Do you want this treat? There we go. All right. Thank you very much. All right, you've, you've indulged me long enough. Okay. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. 
Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Remember, celebrate Stevie Day responsibly. Please adopt no more than two dogs. All right, three. But no more than three. All right, four. I've done all the damage I can do here. Thank you for listening. Countdown has come to you from the Vin Scully Studios at the Olderman Broadcasting Empire in New York in the Stevie Building. The music you heard was, for the most part, arranged, produced, and performed by Countdown Musical Directors Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. Brian Ray handled the guitars, bass, and drums, and John Philip Chanel did the orchestration and keyboards, and it was all produced by TKO Brothers. Other music, including other Beethoven tunes, arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. The sports music is courtesy of ESPN Incorporated. It was written by Mitch Warren Davis. We call it the Olderman theme from ESPN2. Our satirical and pithy musical comments are by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever. Our announcer today was my friend Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad. Everything else was pretty much my fault. So let's count down for this, the 997th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Convict him now while we still can. The next scheduled countdown is Tuesday. Bulletins as the news warrants. Or if I feel like we really have to celebrate the 1,000th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup. In any event, till then, I'm Keith Olbermann. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening why and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 